Hey guys, welcome to Don't Judge Us Podcast. I'm your host, Danielle. And it's that guy, Ola. Join us as we use movies, TV shows, and music to discuss social issues plaguing our society today. Whites fear violence from us. We do not have a history of killing white people. White people have a history of killing us. May I say this, sir? What you fear, and it's a deep guilt thing, that white folks suffer, you are afraid that if we ever come to power, we will do to you and your fathers what you and your people have done to us. And I think you are judging us by the state of your own mind, and that is not necessarily the mind of black people. Okay. So the the genesis, the, the start of this episode goes from the connection I felt from the situation that's going on in the world right now and watching the first purge and you haven't seen the purge or you haven't seen the first purge in particular. I haven't seen the first purge. What happened in the first purge? Spoiler alert, spoiler alert. So everyone knows what happens in the purge, you know, in order to reduce global crime or national crime in America in particular, they decide to have one day where all crime is legal, where you can go around murder, assault, rape, blah, 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 all on one day, and it's legal. So in the first purge, they use Staten Island as a control point for the experiment okay. to see if it would work. So they go out into the world, and I like, you know, I see this. Um, so they go on purge night, and majority of the people are just chilling, having a good time, partying. In other words, they're going against the national agenda. The national agenda is hoping that these people will kill each other, and mm. it didn't happen. So the fact of when they didn't kill each other, the government put in these mercenaries to start the killing. Obviously, when you're killing people, you're building fear, then other people will get involved. Mm. So, huh. so basically the government's like everyone while out if you have to if you want to you have the right to do so but yeah. then the government also um doesn't Realize like that. the reaction so yeah. they then tell people to go in and start some shit yeah okay and that kind of looks like what's going on now to a degree yeah, yeah. that's interesting that's what, i've never as seen. soon as i started watching it in terms of in certain places i won't say all over america especially i say in certain places i'm seeing peaceful protests but they're ignoring the peaceful protests and specifically honing in on the more you know i won't say violent but you know the fires going out you know the you know the resistance more protest style which i'm 100 percent for either like either way anyway but that's a completely separate part of this you know conversation well, I mean, with the purge, I definitely, I think the only relation to the first purge is that, of course, the government has this expectation that, let's say, low socioeconomic uh, communities are just full of drugs and gang violence. So it's like, they're going to kill each other. But what's yeah. happening now what, with the Black Lives Matter movement, which is now global and the largest civil rights movement in the world at once ever, like it made history. Um, the expectation is that we'd fight each other, but instead people from around the world, black, white, Asian, um, um, uh, Latino, Latinx, um, 
have come together to kind yeah. of say like, look, enough we need is enough. To address racism and enough is enough. And the government now, which is what I'm seeing and what you've seen, I think a lot of people have seen how police are actually encouraging violent behavior by egging on protesters by like becoming yeah. physical with peaceful protests and to see these videos and this footage is like insane oh, it's the purge you not see, of police officers yeah have you not seen did you not see the donald trump one when donald trump wants to do a photo op in front of the white house so he gets the police officers to clear out the protesters literally throwing tear gas hitting them pushing wow. him along in order for him to do his um, photo op. Photo and he op. just walks in. And to make it more ironic, he does the photo op with, you know, holding up a Bible. Um, ah, I remember that image. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That is so, disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> it's so disgusting and insane. And, and the fact that only in the, in the context of the United States, where Donald Trump tweeted last week, when the looting starts, the shooting starts. And for me, I'm thinking like, wow, first of all, yes, even though our president gives out his messages via Twitter, but the fact that he's like <laughs> basically saying, yeah, I don't care about police brutality, but just so you know, if things get crazy, it feel get free worse. to call, yeah, feel free to call <laughs> National Guard, feel free to call military so that um, we can now take action of, you know, protesters and even peaceful protesters. That's what makes it even more insane like your your goal is to manage the protest like the protest that happened in berlin i think at least fifteen thousand people were there um it looks nothing like the protests in the united states where police are saying all right we've got a couple hundred people cornered we're going to arrest as many people as possible and we're going to like we're going to obstruct their their right to protest their freedom of speech which is what so many republicans fight for and it's insane that no, you know, this is they fight for freedom for their speech, right? Again, like this is the thing that everyone assumes the law is for, but everyone it's not for everyone. It's one rule for them and another rule for us. We see it in taxes where big corporations pay nothing, and you know the average Joe pays forty to fifty percent of their wages to taxes. Mm -hmm. It's one rule for them and another rule for us, and it just it's just reiterating that mm -hmm. and you know keeping it consistent. How has it been in the UK, like in London? Um, where you're based um, what is what is the what is the tension like with police officers and protesters I'm going to be very controversial and uh, not controversial I'm going to be completely opposite to what you I'm sure you've you've gone to protest right yeah I protested before I yeah. protested during Sandra Bland no before I'm talking about during this you know this particular part of the movement have you protested because I protested previously <laughs> I've, I've, ta I've taken a different lane not because i mean berlin but i've just taken a different okay, lane nah, so before so. me and you are 100 percent in the same fucking boat then i have not left my house during this whole protest yet like this 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 standard of protest me personally i know why i've done it and why is that so the reason why <laughs> i personally haven't protested during this period is one coronavirus and that is the same that's all my reasons coronavirus because I feel like most of the people I would be protesting with are only saying this because they have nothing better to do with their time. Mm -hmm. Not not taken away from the movement. Obviously, the movement is big and it is big for a reason because it's needed to. It, it's it's something that needs to be said. It's something that needs to be addressed. But sadly, I feel like most of the people that are there are just there because it's being said. 
as in mm-hmm. when life goes back to normal six months from now, a year from now, whenever, you know, people are going back to clubs, pubs, you know, living their daily life. This conversation for most of these people, I would say mainly white people, is going to disappear. They're not going to be talking about this continually. Like, this, the reason why we talk about this all the time is because it's our daily life. We live it all the time. We can't turn it off. For these people, they can literally turn it off. As soon as they turn off Instagram, it doesn't exist for them. Mm. And I feel like as soon as the world goes back to it, they're going to have their rose-tinted white blinkers on and they're not going to see the situation we're living, we're going through on a daily basis. Okay. So in my so eyes, you- I, I felt like most of these people are going to be like that and I didn't want to go, I didn't want to protest with these people because they don't feel like they wouldn't understand because they're not, this, for, them, for them, this is a fad and this is only temporary. Hmm. I think I, I, I empathize with what you feel like because I protested, uh, my, the last time I protested was actually when I was living in London and this was during um, uh, the killing of Sandra Bland. And there was a protest in Brixton at the time. And literally, I didn't even plan on going to this protest. I was just having a meal, heard noises of people and thought, you know what, I'm done with this meal. I'm about to join. And that's why I joined. And it felt really good to be around people that have the same sentiment. You know, of course, Black people of color. And also, it was good to see allies out there. And I empathize with your sentiment because it is true. There are a lot of people out here that have crazy signs that says, stop killing black men i want mixed babies like really insane shit where it's just like you are missing the point and it makes me sick to be here with you they're saying this because they're bored like all these people they're only doing this because they're bored they love like this is the thing they love black culture they love black kids they love the whole scene they love the black food they love everything that's black but they don't like black people it's the honest truth because to love to to love and to care about black people is to i okay this is this is what i say to love myself like to to love someone is to put that person above my own well-being mm. you know i love my daughter i love my daughter i cannot eat so she can eat i love my mom i love my brother i cannot eat so they can eat most white people don't love us because they fear if we can eat they lose their plate they can't mm-hmm. eat they don't want to lose their position in the world. And because of that fear, they don't love us. They love everything about us. They love everything we have to offer, but they don't love us. So why do you think, so are you basically saying that the Black Lives Matter movement is so global right now and has broken this record because there are a lot of white people that actually aren't allies and actually aren't trying to do the work but because of coronavirus they have the time to come out and protest yeah hmm. That's but then again my friend but then again but then again i do believe it doesn't matter like to a, to a certain extent it doesn't matter because the message is still getting out there hmm. do you get me yeah the message is still going around the message is still going you know it's still traveling it just might not be traveling the right way you know, preferably, I would hope everyone that's going, you know, has the right intention in mind. But the truth is, they don't. Because like you said, you see, you see banners where, mm-hmm. oh, um, you like black dick, so why don't you speak or something stupid like that? I'm like, that's not the, like, it's funny. It's funny to put on a placard, but that's not the message. 
right. but that's the message we're seeing on social like social media that's literally the the things that's coming out instead of actual actual true statements that we should be seeing on a regular basis yeah i think it's actually quite disgusting disgusting and completely tone deaf that that is a reason black lives matter because you want mixed kids or because you put a black dick in your mouth um like yeah i get it it's provocative but it kind of takes away from the point it kind of doesn't bring anything and also says that as a white woman who most people are most of the people carrying these types of signs it's like because of my need black lives matter and it's like what and it's like okay you guys are missing you guys are missing the point so i think in any case even with police officers you can be a police officer don't necessarily have to be racist or you can you may not be aggressive as we've seen with all of the victims of of police brutality but there's a bigger issue and i think that's the same thing with these very tone deaf signs like this is a bigger issue and your sign isn't gonna go viral for the right reasons so um i find that very interesting but also going back to um when you mentioned about uh the protests that are egged on by police it's it also is connected to people that aren't there for the right reasons that are the ones actually looting stores they're not there for black lives matter they're there to use the distraction of thousands of people to break in the apple store and steal a bunch of iphones i saw an amazing video the other day Uh, my brother sent it to me it was in LA and a kid was like a white kid was breaking the store. He's breaking the store with, uh, what's it called? Uh, he skateboard, the, the shop window. Black kid comes behind him, takes the skateboard and takes it away from him and tells him to stop. But then the camera hits it in an angle where it looks like the black guy is hitting the window and the white kid's just standing beside him. Wow. And then a newspaper put it up, you know, as the riot. But obviously the video sends a completely different story. But obviously later on the picture's taken down. But the damage has been done to someone in this world because it changes the narrative. It's not the narrative of this is why we're rioting, this is why we're protesting. Because like I said, you know, rioting, people have negative words about rioting, blah, blah, blah. Me personally, I'm for it. When it's for a right cause, I'm for it. You might, hopefully you don't burn my stuff. But again, I'm not rich enough to make a huge change anyway. I can only make change by my, by my voice. But that's why I'm for writing. But, you know, the narrative then becomes, okay, these people are just, you know, loud, monstrous, blah, blah, blah. It goes back to the stereotype that they've created in their minds about us. Instead mm-hmm. of, you know, this is why they're doing this. It becomes they're just doing this because they're just, that's them. I get you. I mean, I, I completely, I completely agree. I think that's another thing that we need to keep in mind when it comes to mainstream media is the terminology that they use when applied to black people. And for us, we're root, we're rioting and we're looting. We're not doing either. We're rebelling against an oppressive system. Rioting is what people do when their favorite sports team lost and they're all drunk. So these two teams are fighting over a professional football team. You know, that's rioting. What's happening here are people that are taking advantage of a, of a meaningful movement and taking yeah. that for their gain to be crazy. And the footage and what we see on, you know, mainstream media, especially when it comes to uh, 
Trump and his comments are focused on this really narrow, you know, um, this constructed narrative that has nothing to do with why millions of people around the world are standing in unison. Thank you. That's that's literally it. Because even because it doesn't matter. We can do so much for a human being, but they will have their own idea in their head no matter how far-fetched it is look at have you have you checked the what's it called the, the what's that american football player the one in new orleans drew Brees. oh yeah they said have cancel you... drew Brees. <laughs> i heard and about that this is the thing because i was having so what you know, happened just recap for people that don't know what happened with drew Brees. okay drew Brees, an american nfl quarterback you know famous in new orleans new orleans is a, a huge black you know cultural city you know not even the, the city the city of new orleans mm. is so cultural back jazz everything new orleans and drew Brees, a white um nfl quarterback you know in history the and the quarterback role is the white role you know the white guy the tactician the smart guy you know black people are just far strong and jump far like that's us that's all we're good for but the qb is like the tactician are the the, the the, the, the position where it takes skill to play in history, that's why there's more, historically, there's more white quarterbacks. Anyway, in the history, in the city of New Orleans, after Katrina, Drew Brees done a lot for the community. He took $5 million out of his own account to, to help people in the city, done so much. And then he came out and said, all lives matter. Mm. And then I felt like, Obviously, people were saying cancel Drew Brees because they felt attacked. This is someone, this was like the white person they, so many black kids, especially in the New Orleans area, looked up to because of what he was doing in the community. He, he made it out like he was part of them and then he let them know he's not part of them. By saying all lives matter. I mean, it just completely shows that he's missing the point. And a lot yes. of people that we admire that are... Um, that we hold on a pedestal that our public figures are missing the points. And I think it's really at a time where that upsets a lot of people. Um, oh yeah. It's upset me. They don't the understand. Most. They can't even empathize. to mm. That's the thing. Like for me, all of this has upset me because I've, I've seen people use certain things as an, as an example. And I've been saying you're wrong. Like, sorry, you're wrong for that. I'll use the, what's his name? Liam Neeson example. Like I've been telling people, he is the example of a white person we need in this society today. Not people who try and ignore their history. They're not, they're trying to ignore things they've done in the past. The Boris Okay, Johnson. but what is Liam Neeson doing? Okay, so there was, I'm sure you heard the scenario where Liam Neeson spoke about one of his friends who she was robbed by a black guy. And then he went out for the next three days, was looking for this black guy who'd robbed her. And then on the third day, he stopped and thought, what the fuck am I doing? Like, what I'm doing is racist. So in an interview, they're asking about him. You know, they, you know they're just talking about moving. He talks about this scenario. He talks about this scenario um, in which um, he's looking for this black guy. And after the third day, he thought, what the fuck am I doing? I felt bad. Like in his soul, he knew what he was doing was racist. And he just felt like saying this message to atone for what he had done to apologize to the community. And people at the time were saying cancel Liam Neeson, which I felt was ridiculous because this guy had a story to say 
about when he was behaving in a racist manner and instead of keeping it in secret and you know i've done this fucked up thing i'm not going to tell anyone and pretend it never happened he's come out admitted admitted to the world something none of us ever knew and said look i made this mistake and i need to move mm. forward from it i need to educate myself to become better and yeah. i feel like again another issue in this movement is a lot of white people are just saying black lives matter but they've not thought about the times when they've done this thing that was detrimental to the black community, which messed up the black community, that didn't help us progress, maybe said something to a black girl in school or, you know, a little joke you had in, in the pub before with, you know, with your friends when no one was looking. You can't pretend like you, you had a squeaky clean life. No one has a squeaky clean life. No one can pretend like they've never said anything wrong but you have to admit in order to move forward. True. And I think that goes back to our last episode on, you know, um, uh, dear white people, 10 things you can do to end, you know, racism is, you know, acknowledging, educating. Um, And I think part of the cancel culture is that there are no second chances. However, you know, in reality, and especially when we look at um, sociologists that explore like racism and systematic racism, every white person is racist. It's, it has, it's, a, it's a learned behavior based on the messages we've received. Therefore, every white person then needs to unlearn it and then needs to also acknowledge their issues. And I don't think the white people that are, let's say, um, not genuine, um, that are marching with us, that are posting online and doing their black squares, I don't think they are slowing down the movement. They're just distractions because they're missing the point. They're distractions, especially with uh, liberal white people. For example, with the situation with, um, I forgot her name. We're going to call her Karen. Karen Cooper, when she called the police on a black man who was bird watching, she was a liberal white woman. Um, someone just looked into her background and looked into her like Facebook profile to see what sort of things she posts. And you could claim she was a liberal, a liberal that votes Democrat. And the assumption Amy, is if you're liberal, Amy you, Amy Cooper, yeah. you can assume that if you're a liberal, you know, you have this um, woke mentality, but there are a lot of liberal people that aren't woke at all. They, they, when it comes to racism and systematic racism and white privilege, they're just like, I don't know what that means all lives matter it'll be liberal white people talking about some all lives matter and it's like you're missing the entire point and they're just providing more distractions from the core of black lives matter mm-hmm. it's become so huge that now you kind of have to even like vet who really who, is about black lives matter who's, and who support, who's there to support you and who's not like you're vetting that's that's so weird like you're you're vetting your lawyer like literally these are the people that we need to go out to fight for us because again Mm -hmm. we're not there when we're not there when most of these racists say racist things because most of them say it when they feel comfortable in their home they don't say it on the street you know they say in their vicinity they say amongst their kids and their family blah 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 and that's how it's a learned thing so when we're not there it's what do you pick up the mantle and then fight for us but mm-hmm. now it seems like we're vetting these people. And how I see this the same as looting and writing and everything, it's the same thing because it's all a distraction. 
Hmm. It's all here to distract us from what we're really fighting about. Yeah. And what and we're really fighting for. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are, there are distractions. Um, but um, when it comes to the people that are rioting and looting, looting, I don't consider them a part of Black Lives Matter. Those people are a part of the distraction and those people are the ones the media will then label as Black Lives Matter. Mm. And that is, that's really just a part of just journalism going down the drain is because we're eating up shit that aren't, is not credible, that's not viable, that's not vetted, that's actually not a solid, credible source. So a lot of news that you see on TV, you have to read between the lies, lines. Same thing with news you catch online. You really need to read between the lines because a lot of this shit is like, it's bullshit information. Like Black Lives Matter destroyed a full city. And it's like, mm, first of all, when it comes to Minneapolis, um, specifically when the fire broke out, um, and also in Atlanta, when they went to the CNN headquarters and uh, Black Lives Matter protesters alongside others um, were at the front of the building and just like throwing at it. <laughs> and then I came across this tweet that says, don't get mad or I, sh I have the right to tear down a country that you know we built for free and i'm i'm totally with that shit because i'm 100 like percent with it because in bristol they tore down that monument sorry in bristol they turned down uh tore down the king monument leopold. of the colonizers of the colonizer king, king leopold do you know this right. is what i've been i've been telling this for years i'm sure i've told you this once before this guy is worse than hitler yeah. And Stalin combined. I've been saying this for years, but people just don't care because the people he was killing were Africans. He died still a king. And it right. wasn't centuries ago. This was what, 60 years ago? Mm. You know, my mum was like, I <laughs> was just born when this guy was running around, running havoc in the world. That's actually where I would really like to see the destruction take place. I would like to see organized destruction of uh you know um of models and statues and art that is produced by like colonizers period if your yeah. city has you know fucking christopher columbus in the middle of the square tear that shit down tear it all down because they don't we shouldn't still be lifting up these historic figures they're historic figures because they brought death they colonized and oppressed millions of people and they kicked off you know what we now struggle with which is systematic racism and i think if that were the focus it would be also a different story in the media that we're targeting you know representation of oppression but they they're keeping quiet about this especially in the uk you know they're really keeping quiet like if you i'm sure you've seen a post about the uk like the top 15 newspapers in the uk their front page mm -hmm. after the biggest biggest protest in uk history mm -hmm. is about someone a little girl who was missing 13 years ago and how they found new evidence that they might find her like, and this is on the same weekend the, Black Lives Matter the same the, the day after wow literally the day after completely skipped over it did not give it any time of day and that's the more, and then the next time they spoke about it was after you know they'd um, pulled the statue, what's that? Uh, what's the statue in Brighton anyway, Bristol? I can't remember. I get both the cities. It was Bristol. 
It was Bristol, right? Yeah, when they pulled yeah. the statue into the river, they spoke about that. When they graffitied over Churchill's, um, what's he called, uh, statue, and they called him a racist, they were like, oh, wow, how can you say that? How can you graffiti over Churchill's um, statue? You know, in episode four, we, we explained every disgusting thing he'd done. And right. people just want to whitewash his history as if he was the one in the trenches during the World War shooting bullets. This guy was in his 60s during the World War. He did not win us the World War. The hmm. people who fought and died on V-Day and all these people, you know, in Normandy, all these people won us the war. These Africans who fought on the war, it wasn't just three countries. It wasn't just America, um, England and France who fought in the war. It was Africans. That's the reason why they call it the World War. Mm. <laughs> People are so deluded in the sense where they feel like they've whitewashed history to the point that people don't want to investigate any further. Absolutely. And part of the Black Lives Matter movement, my, I pray that 50 years from now, regardless of, um, I don't even want to say regardless of what happens, because what I want happen, to happen is actual change. But 50 years from now, we don't want to hear that the Black Lives Matter movement was a radical movement that wanted to, you know, focus that believed black people were the superior race or some shit you know what i mean like to me that's my like very small fear but it's something that i think about when we you know compare to what we've learned in our history class of these great leaders the great christopher columbus the great king leopold but these guys weren't great at all these guys were out for people like me so for me it's that's something I think about in terms of how the story is told in the media, because this is all record. This is all archives 50 years from now. The, mm. What we see in newspaper, this, this is going to be in the archives of what happened. So it's so important that we have, you know, credible journalists and shout out to the ones that are actually writing the raw, true, unfiltered stories without trying to, you know, create a new narrative without trying to call rebellious people, rioters and looters when they are rebelling of an impression of an oppressive system so it's like you know um how can we combat our story in history and that's something that i always think about when it comes to just the different narratives that we're finding especially in the age of social media being a source of news this is oh it's terrible so ola um based on you know what we've just talked about in terms of the media um, kind of twisting the story and also people that are disingenuous that join the Black Lives Matter movement without doing homework. Um, what is your hope, let's say, one year from now of the, Black, the global Black Lives Matter movement? My hope is that we see systematic change. I feel like the whole narrative, in the UK in particular anyway, um, I feel like the whole how some of the I'll say race baiters because that's literally what they're trying to do they're trying to spark a oh they, all they're talking about is disillusioned it's only happening in America people like Katie Hopkins um, people like that they keep on saying oh it's police brutality blah, blah. it's not just police brutality you haven't lived a day in the life of a black man or a black woman, or, woman. or anyone. Yeah, black man, black woman. I'm saying from you know my point of view. But you haven't, sp you know, they haven't lived a day in our lives. You know, they don't understand what we've gone through. 
and we're going through. And I, in a systematic way, in a year, I don't see much change happening. But me personally, how what I want to see change from my people in particular, so black men, black women, um, anyone of color, people of color, let's stop whitewashing ourselves to make people feel comfortable. That's what hmm. I want to see a year from now. I want to see everyone be who they want to be and be comfortable right. in it. Okay. So you would say just the, the mental freedom to kind of, you know... Let's, be fr- let's free ourselves from this mental yeah. shackle. Yeah, that is that is that's powerful because this is also something where we need to do our homework Mm. to unlearn what we've learned about ourselves and to kind of like combat this self hatred mentality that Mm. the world you know displays to us. Um, So I I completely stand for that. Um, I think that's literally me. Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. I was going to tell my point, but feel free. No, I just wanted finish off my point or add to the end of my point was literally how I personally taken steps from now is literally introduce myself as my full name from now on so from any work meeting anything like only for my friends call me Ola and family call me Kunle everyone else my name is Ola Kunle simple that's my whole government name fuck it but yeah, <laughs> let them know you gonna pronounce yeah, like, it's three I, syllables. You can yeah, get that. If you, if you struggle to get that, then don't talk to me. Don't need to. If you, you struggle to sir. say my name, yeah, call me sir. Like, right. literally, that's that. it. That's how I'm that. started. And, and I'm gonna keep honestly, going. I'm I'm proud of you for that because like growing up in school, the African uh students or second generation African students would say their name is Elizabeth or or John or some like biblical name. And I'm like, nah, what is your name, dude? Don't come over here and just rename yourself. Give we, If we can pr- pronounce Chachki, we can pronounce mm. Olekule. It's not that hard. Uh, we take all this effort to pron- pronounce, you know, uh, Asian these European names, names. Uh, yeah. European names, Russian names, which are completely a bit different from like the typical Western societal uh, names we hear. Um, but I, I'm, I totally stand for you. Claim take your name back. I think overall black people take your name and, and, and be comfortable with who you are and don't, um, if you, if you've ever felt like you had to be in some box because people have these stereotypes about who you are as a black man or a black woman, fuck, fuck those boxes, step out of the boxes and step into who you are. Um, it's so important for us to not even restrict ourselves by saying, Oh, black people don't dive. If you want to dive, learn how to dive. Free yourself mm. from this idea of what That's makes you black thing. or what doesn't yeah. make you black. That's um, what I'm saying. I was going to say, I want to go golf. I want to go play golf. Yeah, I mean, Michael yeah, Jordan played golf. I'm watching The Last Dance. Michael Jordan played golf, so you go yeah. ahead and play golf. Um, I, think, I think for me, what I'd like to see in one year, I would like to see every company that posted a black square to actually show change in their organization. Um, when I went on LinkedIn, so many companies were like, oh, Black Lives Matter. And I'm thinking, okay, how? Okay, but what are you doing about it? Um, a lot of people just posted this copy-paste statement, but it wasn't like, we support Black lives, and to us, they matter. And we've addressed that our company could use some work on being, I don't know, more diverse or in supporting the Black community. Therefore, for an example, as a tech company, therefore, we are... 
donating X amount to our local um, POC community that focuses mm. on youth outreach. And we are also having the goal for 2021 to um, increase our tech team with people of color only by 50%. Like that's, those are the type of, you know, Black Lives Matter to me, and this is what we're doing about it, sort of statements that I want to see. And a lot of companies just were like, hashtag Black Lives Matter, the end. And that's, that's what I would like to see. I would like to see more Black people from, from a professional standpoint and leadership positions beyond Space. diversity inclusion yeah. officer. Like that is one for me. And the second thing for me is that I hope this movement, even if you went to a protest and you're white and you have no idea the level of gravity Black Lives Matter is bringing to the table, I hope that you take that experience and I thought and I hope that you see the the trauma that black people experience collectively and say I cannot I can't stand for this anymore I need to go educate myself so I hope a year from now there are way 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 more educated white allies that understand what it means when you say black lives matter and don't even question to say all lives matter mm. and that's our two cents today Preach, preach, preacher. Because <laughs> yeah. you know the thing is, I've I've been trying to wreck my brain around how can we police this. Because, oh, I'm done. Because companies like Nike have come out publicly and say, "Look, this is what we're going to do," and I just want people, you know, if anyone it gets to anyone who works for Nike or you know anyone's listening, and you just tell people. Your company has promised to do this, has promised to allocate this amount of funds, has promised to allocate this amount of positions, blah, 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 to people of color. A year from now, you'll put in your calendar a notification. A year from now, ask them, show me the evidence. Show me the receipt. Let me see what you've done. Let me see. Let me go back to my community and be proud of these are the people I work for. You know, this is what they've done. It's time to start pulling out receipts, folks. Hold your companies accountable. Let's not like let's not take people's word for it because we've been taking people's word for it. I was saying, look, this is the same thing we were protesting for. This is the same thing Kobe was protesting for, God rest his soul. And this is what right. we're still protesting for now. True. Martin Luther King died for it, Malcolm X, and we're still here. Right, and we're still here. So there's you know, as Nipsey said, the marathon continues. God damn. Guys, thank you for tuning in to Don't Judge Us Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at DJU Podcast.